Have you dreamed of bigger things for your life? Then you are in the right place. Each week, you will be given tips on how to change your inner dialogue, conquer your goals, and ways to step into a higher version of yourself. I'm your host, Lauren Kubat. I'm a motivational speaker who hosts personal development events. I'm a sought-after fitness instructor, a wife, and a mom of two young boys. I'm obsessed with all things personal development, and I believe anyone can achieve the life they want. Let the Become Your Vision podcast be the inspiration you need to step into greater things. Now let's go. Hi guys, welcome back to the show, or maybe welcome to the show. Maybe you've never listened to Become Your Vision before. I appreciate you tuning in, whether you're on a walk or getting ready for the day or driving. I am sending you all the love. So today we have a interesting conversation with Emily Eld. I met her literally last week. It's amazing how you can just meet somebody and instantly click. And I realized that I wanted her on the podcast. Her story is interesting in the sense that she suffered with an autoimmune disease, specifically Hashimoto's. And she and her mom and her father basically had to be her own advocate to figuring out what was going on with her. And she was suffering from fatigue and weight gain and mood swings. And they just knew something wasn't right. So for her, she discovered going plant-based, vegan, and gluten-free really helped heal her and heal her gut. Now, I do want to say, since interviewing my friend a couple weeks ago, Heather McWright, episode 89, if you've not listened to that episode, you must listen to that episode, that for Heather, intuitive eating and following this intuitive way of eating really helped her. And it's funny because Emily She was told by doctors that were like, oh my, you know, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. And she followed her intuition. She's like, something is not right. And she continued on this journey of research to figure out what was going on with her body. And my job as a podcaster is to interview different different people with different stories and that may follow different ways of eating, also known as diet. I want to be really careful with using the word diet and just looking at it as just a way of eating. Diet culture has made the word diet to be such a yucky word, but it's just a way of eating. And my job as a podcaster, like I said, is to give you all this different information and for you to figure out what works best for you and to be your own advocate. So I know you're really going to enjoy Emily's story. We are also doing a giveaway where she's giving away a dozen of her banana chocolate chip muffin drops. They are so good. So make sure you're waiting to the very end where we talk about the giveaway. Okay, enjoy. Hi guys, welcome back to the show. Thanks for thanks for tuning in today. You could have picked any other podcast, but you picked mine to listen to, and maybe it was the title of this podcast. But I have Emily Eld here. We actually met at a women's entrepreneurial event last week, and we just like clicked 
clicked right away. So let me give you a little insight on what Emily, who Emily is. She is 24 and she's the owner of the Muffin Drop, which makes vegan and gluten-free mini muffins. Her recipe, specifically the classic banana chocolate chip, was built through years of autoimmune adversity and the urge to create a product which makes plant-powered ingredients taste delicious. Officially a business in 2021, Emily brings the muffin love all around the Charleston area. Welcome, Emily. Hello. You read that perfectly. That was oh. an awesome intro. <laughs> Thank you. I just, I read what you sent me. So, <laughs> Honestly, so yeah. So I, last week it was like, so she was serving up these muffins, these like mini muffins, and they are so, so good. But I actually waited to have my muffin because I always have shit in my teeth, like always, <laughs> always when I eat. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait to hold this or wait to try it till afterwards. So I was in my car. I was like starving after this event. And I tried these. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so good. We connected right away. And then I was like, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? And here we are. So I appreciate you coming on. I mean, thanks for having me. I, when you were yeah. saying that you had a podcast, I was immediately like, oh my gosh, one, I'm going to listen to it. And then two, <laughs> when you said, can you be on it? I'm like, oh my, I would love to. Yay. So it's just cool how if you take the opportunity to like go out and quote unquote, like network or just like introduce yourself. Um, I think it can lead to so many opportunities you don't even think about, or, and we actually found out too, like, we know so many people in this area. We were talking about Megan Broderick. She's like, uh, does the drink a dash and, um, she's amazing and how you knew her. And it's just crazy how we know a lot of the same people. Yeah. And I feel like I've found in Charleston, what's especially like amazing about the community is that, I mean, it is pretty small, but within that small community, there's so many people that like really appreciate small business and also so many small business owners. So once you're kind of in that space, I feel like everybody here really lifts each other up and it just makes networking like so exciting and so fun. And just like something I never even knew could be like such a fulfilling process. Yes, totally what you're saying. I don't know if this is like everywhere. I'm sure it's not, but like, I'm finding that same thing. It's like, everybody's like looking to build you up and giving you advice on what to do next or connect you with somebody who is willing to help you. And you're absolutely right. It doesn't feel like icky. It really feels like an organic connection. Exactly. And I, my whole life we've moved around pretty much since I was born. And I can very confidently say that Charleston is like the first place where I've really felt that extreme community aspect and really felt super comfortable, not only being my full self, but like really embracing everything around me and feeling embraced by everything around me. And I think that's why going to college here and then living here post-college is just so enjoyable for me. And I, every single day, I'm like, I can't even believe I get to live here and work here. And, you know, it's just, it's really, it's amazing. Where are you originally from? So it's kind of complicated, but I'll keep it short. Um, But most recently eighth grade on, so I'm 24 now. So eighth grade, that's probably like 14, um, moved to Connecticut, Westport, Connecticut, and was living there pretty much up to the last few months uh, when my family home sold. And now we're completely moved here. But up until that point, um, my dad's job always had us moving throughout my life. So I was born in Chicago, then lived in Florida for a little bit, 
then moved to England and then uh, came to Connecticut. And now we're in Charleston. So been kind of all over the place, but we yeah. made it. To <laughs> That's so cool. What um, did you spend a long time in Chicago? I was born there. So that was probably the smallest place that I lived, but that was really where my parents like got or spent their early uh, marriage time. So they had me and my older sister, and then we moved to Florida when I was like two or three. Okay. So I'm, I'm from Northwest suburbs of Chicago. So that's why I was asking. (laughs) Yeah. So let's go back to your backstory. So you created, we're going to get into like the business aspect and how it came to be. You created these amazing, delicious, gluten-free muffins, but tell us how your autoimmune issues started. You were feeling fatigued and you're suffering like mood swings and weight loss. Can you go back to when you discovered you, you know, had an autoimmune disease? For sure. So thank you for saying they're amazing, by the way. I really appreciate it. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, it's been honestly a very long road with the autoimmune issues, but it specifically started probably around 16 years old. And um, at that point, I had been living in a new area for probably around a year. So I guess sophomore year is when you're 16. So I moved to Connecticut when I was eighth grade. Uh, so, you know, whenever you move into a new space, there's obviously a lot of emotion that goes into it, a lot of change that goes into it. So I think there was a lot going on. Not only that time I'm like becoming an adolescent and, you know, going through physical changes. So you're really experiencing, as we all know, a lot in that preteen, early teen era. Um, and so I think with all of that combined, I started feeling a lot of strange things, uh, physiological things. So I was gaining weight. Actually, I was feeling super tired and not just normal tired where you're like, Oh, I didn't get enough sleep. I really was like falling asleep at 3 PM and like, couldn't even keep my eyes open. And I couldn't go on a walk. I couldn't go on a run. I really wasn't able to work out. Um, at the same time I was having a lot of stomach problems. So pretty much anything I would eat, I would get major not only inflammation, but pain in my stomach, um, all those, you know, pretty uncomfortable things. So it was obvious to me that something was going, going on. And that kind of was the beginning of my journey with really getting in tune with my body, but it was a really long road until I felt super confident. But basically I went to, you know, normal hospital as you probably would when you feel like something's really off. And that was the first sort of experience that I had with, you know, conventional medicine, not necessarily working with me because I went to a really, really nice professional doctor and they told me nothing was wrong with me. And I was like, no, like, I know something's wrong with me. Like I'm, I'm like 30 pounds overweight. I'm super sad. I'm really tired. Like there's all these things that were so uncharacteristic to me. And, um, you know, my mom, as I was kind of explaining when I spoke at the women's event, she was, you know, super amazing and she really didn't take no for an answer. So when she heard I was having problems, she was like, you know, we're going to explore all of our options. So that was kind of the first time we delved into holistic and functional medicine. So taking like a full body approach, really specifically testing my blood and seeing what might be the problem. So the first holistic doctor we went to, that was when he, he tested my blood and was like on a different scale than I guess it was uh, test before tested before. And he was like, you're so sick with Hashimoto's, which is a form of, um, thyroid issues. And he was like, you're so sick. You should be in the hospital. And I was like, thank God. Like somebody finally saw me. I, I feel heard. And that was the first time I ever sort of 
got into eating plant-based and cutting out gluten, also got on a natural form of thyroid medication, um, and really started looking at, okay, how can we reverse all these problems that have happened? Right. And, um, I just in that process really became addicted to using food as medicine, but also natural remedies to heal what was going on. Oh my gosh. Were you through this process? Were you becoming, when do you think it like started and how many, was it years before you were like found out like, Hey, you know, you have Hashimoto's. I don't think it was years. I think it was probably, I'm kind of the type that once something feels wrong, I'm immediately like, okay, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? Like, and even at 16, I think I was like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta see what's going on. So I don't really know if it was a super long period of time. I don't have a specific, you know, duration, but I would assume it was that year that we really started exploring. So I probably started feeling sick early on in the year. And then by mid year, we were probably looking at all of our options, but you know, the journey has been very long in really figuring out what works, what doesn't work. Um, even just the process of figuring out a lot of conventional techniques weren't going to work for me. I'm sure that took months or there's been many doctors along the way, many different things that I've tried. Um, yeah. So the process has been, you know, trial and tribulation yeah. for many years. Well, was it your mom's idea to go to a holistic doctor? Yeah. And I honestly wish I could give you like the first thing that made her think to do it. But, you know, I think a lot of mothers or a lot of just people who care about, you know, you and your family, they, she delved it. She really researched it. So she probably was on Google, for instance, just mm -hmm. being like, what is thyroid disease? Like, what is Hashimoto's? How do you treat Hashimoto's? So probably around the time that I wasn't getting an answer for what was going on with me, she probably searched and found that there were other remedies that could figure it out. And we found, you know, our first holistic doctor in my town in Westport. And I don't think the first one worked, but it showed us there was a new way. And then we went to a second one and, you know, there's been, there's been many along the way. And I'm super grateful that I had the option and to explore these things and um, the opportunity and a mom who really, really listened when I said, I'm not good. Like somebody right. help me out. You know? And that's amazing. You had like an advocate in your corner, especially being so young. You're like, I don't know. And she's like, okay, we're going to figure this out. And she was truly like in your corner, like, let's, let's go. So that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I know there's not a lot of, there's a people that don't discover that they have an autoimmune disease until later in life. And they're like, oh my gosh, like this is what it has been all along. Do you remember if they did the holistic doctor? Cause you went to a traditional doctor and like, there's nothing wrong with you. Tests are fine. Do you know what they did differently at the conventional doctor versus the holistic doctor? Yeah, it was totally a way of how they tested my blood. So something okay. about the first time that tested, it tested me along with like a bunch of other people. And I'm going to explain this to the best of my ability. And I, I, I know the gist. So I think the first time I was tested, it was grouped in with the average of certain amount of people and what their levels look like, quote, normal or mm. normal levels, you know? Um, and I think along this journey, it's been a really dis big discovery of every person's body is so different. So really what is the average level, quote unquote, for per person? And the next doctor I went to tested me on a much more specific level. So it wasn't just about, okay, like, there's 300 people who have this and that's normal. I think there was, you know, different, different levels to which what could be, um, an issue. And I think that's when we found it. If I could, if I explained that correctly, I think it had something to do with a bell curve, uh, but I just realized 
that in the second time it was way more specific. So, um, and you know, he might've just had a, a better grasp than the first person that I went to, you know, it, who knows what it was, but it right. definitely showed that there was totally, totally a problem. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. And it's like, I, you know, I've talked about like therapy before and, um, it, the same goes to anything. It's like, Oh, group fitness, you try somebody and you don't like them. You don't have to stick with them. Like, you know, you oh, might right. not vibe with their style, you know, you don't might not vibe with their personality and keep going until you find somebody just don't quit just because you hit, you know, you try the first one and it didn't hit, you know, you guys didn't hit it off or whatever. But I think that is a lesson to be learned here. It's like, okay, that didn't work. Let's try something different. And, you know, not to take no for an answer. Exactly. And honestly, there's been so much to this entire experience, but it really became such a passion of mine and such a, well, not only was I sort of desperate and Mm. I was so eager to heal, but it really did become a passion to research and to um, explore this entire disease and see that, oh, plants can heal in a certain way or supplements in a certain way or different techniques. You know, I really wasn't opposed to any of the options because I was just so down and ready to feel better. And I think when you're pushed up to like such a wall that you just don't feel well, you're like, okay, what can I try here? That's going to make me feel better. And, you know, I, I was really lucky to be able to explore a bunch of different options in that process. Right now. Was it so hard with, you know, your friends, you're 16 and maybe they don't have the same issues. Was it hard to kind of like, you know, I guess go to parties and be able to like eat what they eat and, um, not have to worry, but you, you did because you're like, I don't feel good. This does not feel good. How did you handle that? That is the best question because (laughs) literally during that period of time, it's the loneliest thing you can ever deal with. You know, you're, you're so different to your peers because everybody around you is eating sandwiches, pizza, all these things that I remember when my doctor was like, okay, you need to cut out gluten. I was like, what the heck does that mean? Like I'm 16. Like, what does that, how does that work? And I grew up on pasta, bread, like all the starches, all the, you know, the things and having to grasp one eating differently than other people. But then on top of it, I definitely shouldn't have been going out with people around me and, you know, experiencing something that is a silent disease because you were mentioning how so many people don't even realize that they have autoimmune. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. Like it's not a physical ailment. You know what I mean? People can't see that you have a broken arm or something like that. So it's something that you're internally dealing with and you're struggling with. And it's difficult to describe to people around you like, Oh, this is what I'm going through because people can't physically see it. And they can only sort of experience what you say is going on. But, you know, if they can't see it, it's difficult for people to understand sometimes. So it was definitely super, super challenging at that time. Um, But as I've gotten older, it's become something that I love to educate people about. And also I've had so much fun in the process of the pain, (laughs) figuring out fun ways and cool ways and, you know, positive ways to deal with the struggle. So yeah, yeah, it was definitely pretty isolating back then, but we've, we've grown into, we've grown, we've into, grown into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine it'd be extremely frustrating. And then your friends are like, well, what's, you know, what's going on. And it's such, I talked about this on a different podcast. It's like, you always want to try to do what you want to fit in at that age. Right. You want to fit in sure. and you, you want to do what your friends are doing. And it's like, 
oh, and then when you're not, when you're being questioned about like not e- eating something like, oh, are you not eating that pizza because you're on a diet or whatever? And you're like, no, it makes me feel like crap. Like, it's not just about that. So I could see how that could be extremely um, frustrating. And then especially you're talking about eight years ago, I feel like everything you can find gluten-free in all the things. Now there's so many options, but eight years ago, I think they were still trying to figure all of that out. And now it's like, it's come such a long way. Yeah. And like, I remember the first sort of brand that was very prominently gluten-free was Udi's, if you know Mm -hmm. that brand, but the problem with Udi's was it had egg in it. And I was trying to go completely vegan. So bread at that time was super Mm -hmm. limiting. Um, but over the years, it's been one of the best times to be vegan and gluten-free because it's just exploded. Like that area of the market is just so exciting now because so many people are either struggling with, you know, dietary issues. And so there's more products for them. Or I think people have just realized it's really a market that needs to be um, larger than it was at that time, which has been so fun for me to explore. But definitely back then it was difficult to find things that made it exciting. Right. And a lot of gluten-free, you'll see something that is gluten-free and then it's loaded with tons of other, you know, things that are maybe not necessarily the best for you, like fillers. Yeah. And preservatives and all of that. And I, especially at the time I was supposed to be doing whole foods, plants diet. So, you know, like whole grains and veggies and fruits. And so a lot of the processed things were not supposed to be in my diet. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely been a journey figuring out the right products along the way. Yeah. Hey, before we continue with the show, I want to talk to you about something that you might not think about too often, but it is vital in keeping you and your family safe, and that's insurance. In today's hectic world, we women have so many roles and things on our plate. Our to-do list seems to get longer and longer. Rachel Davenport, the principal agent at LH Griffith and Company, understands because she is a wife and mother herself. Rachel can assist you with all of your insurance needs, whether it is trying to find the best deals on auto insurance, helping select the most appropriate home insurance coverage, or helping you protect your family with health and life insurance. Rachel does it all. We know what a headache it can be to select the best insurance. So to save yourself precious time and energy, give Rachel Davenport a call today for all your insurance needs. Her number is 864-828-0579. That's 864-828-0579. Or find her on Facebook at Rachel Sells Insurance. All her information is in the show notes. Okay, back to the show. Okay. So let's start into, okay. So you started baking when you, you found this out and you started getting creative with, um, your food. So talk about that journey. So you started just baking muffins. So piggybacking off of like the prior question. So since food during that time was so limited, I think that's when I really became obsessed with being in the kitchen in general. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really wanted to make food that actually tasted good because it could be so limiting at that time to figure a good baked good or, you know, something like that. So I definitely became a bit obsessed with playing with different gluten-free flours and dairy-free chocolate or, you know, different egg forms. So you could do flax eggs, you know, there was just so many different things. And I remember I saw this one app that made these gluten-free and vegan recipes. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe this is a, a real world. And (laughs) literally it became a form of therapy for me. 
And I remember my parents would always not mess with me when I was in the kitchen because they're like, oh, she's in a zone. She's probably going to be making something right now. Um, and back to my mom, she, when I was growing up, always made these vegan or not vegan. They were not vegan, uh, made banana chocolate chip mini muffins. Mm. And so that was kind of something that friends, family always was waiting to come to our house for because they knew, oh, maybe there's going to be muffins today. So when I transitioned to my new diet, I remember I couldn't eat those. And I don't exactly remember the details of how it happened, but that's definitely was the influence on me making banana chocolate chip, um, specifically, and then mini muffins. And then all these years building a recipe that actually was like a really good product. And it started with the banana chocolate chip muffin. The banana chocolate chip. That's what I had. And it was so like, I'm saying, I'm not, not just saying that, like, it was really, really good because you, you can like, and it was just like the perfect amount of like banana and chocolate chip. It wasn't overwhelming. It was the, the texture was really good. Um, it was, it was delicious. And yeah. Um, in your, I was reading an article about you. You, it stated that your uh, husband or not husband, your dad, my husband was like coughing. (laughs) (laughs) That's working from home. I I know everybody can relate, but like he's has a cough and I'm like hearing him cough in the other, other room. And I'm like, it's so loud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but your husband, gosh, your dad had a big part in trying your recipes. Is that correct? Yeah. So, um, it's so funny. I was just talking about this the other day about how I don't think I realized that my dad was probably the backbone of this whole project, like without like me even knowing, but now I'm older and I'm like, Oh yeah, you were advising me to do X every time I baked. And this is not. So, um, my dad was always traveling growing up. So he had a job that always would make him leave usually during the week. And then he'd come back on the weekends. But before he would leave, he'd be like, so are you, are you going to make me muffins before I, before I leave so I can have a snack or before I go into the office or whatever? So not only would that make me start baking, but then he would try the muffins and he'd be like, oh, this batch was so good this time. Like, what did you do differently? And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and he's like, did you write it down? And so I would write down, you know, like, okay, this week I put flaxseed in it, or this week I baked them for X amount of time instead of this many minutes. And, um, you know, he was always just saying these little details along the way, which I didn't even think that, like, I never thought I would be selling muffins, but he would always be like, oh, one day you're going to, you're going to bake and you're going to sell. And I I was like, you know, no, like, when is that going to happen? And yeah, just throughout the throughout the process, he definitely, um, was helping me build the product without me even realizing that it was like such a consistent, positive influence on what I was doing. That's so awesome. Sounds like you have really supportive parents. Yeah. They're really like the best. And I, I, I actually, as you know, you get older, I'm constantly so grateful to, just have them because you, you really start realizing things as you get older and they're around through everything that I do. And they always want to hear about like what I've changed or what I'm doing. And it's, it's definitely been one of the biggest things that I've really started realizing and not taking for granted as I've gotten older. Yeah. I think it definitely maturity growing older. You're like, Oh, they, they've done a lot for me, but you have such, that's, that's awesome. I love to hear that. So you went to, okay. So through the process that you decided to go to college, were you still baking? 
So I was baking pretty much from the second, well, I was baking a lot when I was a little kid. So I think that was already a curiosity that I was dealing with. But um, when I was 16 through now, I was constantly baking. So by the time I got into college, I, not my freshman year, because I was really sick my freshman year. um, And I was actually at Penn State. And then uh, sophomore year, I transferred from Penn State to College of Charleston. And that's when I had the space to bake and I had a kitchen. And so I would always be baking something like post classes, post essay, post homework for my roommates or for myself. And it was obviously always vegan and gluten free. And I I remember that throughout college, whether it was sophomore year through senior, banana taco chip was always something I was still working on those muffins. It was something I'd give to friends. If somebody helped me study with something, I would give them, you know, some muffins or if it was somebody's birthday, I would, the muffins were always around. So yeah, it was definitely baking throughout college. Um, yeah, more for fun. I was still everything up until this point, I never even thought that they were going to be sold. So it was all just for fun and ha- slash therapy. Yeah. Baking is definitely therapy. So, um, what did you go to school for? It changed a billion times, but okay. finally, um, when I was a junior, very last minute, I was, I turned into a comm major and that's when everything clicked. Like everything made sense once I became a comm major and every class was interesting to me. All my projects made sense. I've always been a writer of some form, even when I was really little. So I was making, I was writing papers all the time. I was doing speeches, things like that. And it just really made sense to me. I was like, Oh, this is why I'm in college. I feel like I was exploring so much up until that point. And so, yeah, communication really locked me in, um, after that of just figuring out really my interests. But once again, didn't didn't plan on having the muffin company. So, you know, it brought me here in some fashion. Right. Well, I think that's important that you said that because especially like the younger, even now it's like when people are thinking about start quote unquote, starting over or changing paths, it's like, but I did that for so long, or that's, you know, am I a failure for changing my interests and starting something new? And it's, I think your story is a lesson like, okay, you, you changed paths a couple of times, which I think is normal when you're going to college, but I think it's a normal thing in life. It's you're not tied down to one thing just because you thought you liked it before, or just because you've done it so long, it's okay to change paths. It's okay to be like, okay, I did that. Now I'm moving on to something totally different and, you know, explore that. You don't have to be stuck to one thing. And I feel like just as you're getting older, I really just feel like sometimes I'm sitting back and watching my life in, unfold in front of me. And I feel like I've been able to watch change and growth in, in such a literal way. I don't really even know how to explain it other than that. And so every year I was going through so many different health issues. And then off of that, you know, exploring my interests. And I think college was, I, I'm usually, I was always a student growing up. I always loved school in some fashion. I've always loved to learn. I've loved intellectual things. So school for me has always been sort of a path of exploration. And I think, you know, transferring and whatever, just growing up, I was kind of just really needing to explore what I liked. And so I was doing anthropology at one point, I was doing hospitality at one point, and then, you know, calm came and that led me into doing social media jobs and internships and PR related things. So all these aspects, which allowed me to have experience and then I think pushed me into whatever I'm doing now. So it it was a lot of change, but good change that helped me like really realize what I liked to do. If that makes sense. No, totally. And I think 
those are, you know, important steps into your life, like anthropology and doing all these other things. It's like, okay, you're not doing that now, but that's great conversation maybe for to, to connect with somebody or you learn something in that aspect that applies to what you're doing now, especially with the social media and stuff. It's like, yeah. Oh, all that stuff needed to happen to bring me to this point. So those things, those experiences were just as important. That is the best way to say it. Like everything happened for a reason, you know, that's how I really view life. Like all these steps happen for a reason to bring me to whatever I'm doing now, wherever I'm at now, you know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. Okay. So let's get into the, the, when you started selling these muffins, when you're like, okay, well let's, let's post it. Let's, let's share what I'm offering. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I think around probably like later high school. No, I would say early college. That's when I think the me making these muffins was so consistent that everybody around me knew like I made these muffins. Right. So friends, family, et cetera, friends of friends. It was just like, I think you have qualities about you. And I think people knew that that was something that I did. Like people would come over and just like when I was younger with my mom, people would be like, okay, are there muffins here? Or if not muffins, I would be baking a ton of things. Right. But I think in college, you know, it really started getting solidified what my recipe was. Then moving on um, to end of college, I graduated in the middle of the pandemic. No, the beginning of the pandemic. Oh. So pandemic hits. I was supposed to move to New York to do the internship that I did the prior summer as my main job, which I was working for a startup at the time. It was this awesome experience. So I really thought that I was going to move to New York City. And, you know, that's a common path for my town because we're from Connecticut and it's a commuter town um, that goes to New York City. So most people work there. Most of my friends now live there. So I thought, you know, and you really think you know what you're going to do in life. Like when you're younger, you're like, oh, this is what I'm doing. And everything changed. The pandemic hits. The world shuts down. I'm like, no way I'm moving to New York. It was such a right. like, good show at the time, you know? Um, and so everything sort of shifts. And I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do? So I go home um, to Connecticut post-college. And that's when my boyfriend and I actually started doing social media and stuff for other people. And it was the first time I realized you could like make money on your own, as funny as that sounds, but I had always done things for other people's companies. And I had never realized, oh, entrepreneurial efforts are part of my path or could be part of my path. So um, that was the first experience I had with, okay, you can make this and you can sell it. So then I was alone in my house, like I would say winter of 2020, my boyfriend was gone. My parents were actually here in South Carolina. My friends were all kind of in their homes because the pandemic was super just like not fun in Connecticut at that time. So I was really alone and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, and so many people had told me to sell the muffins at that point. People were like, when are you going to sell them? And I was actually posting a lot on my personal Instagram of like my vegan recipes. And I was really getting involved with social media pretty much from the time the pandemic hit up until that point. So people like really knew I was vegan and really knew I was gluten-free. And so I think people started getting a little bit interested. So by the time I was ready to post, I, it just happened. I was like, you know what, if nothing happens from this, it's whatever. But if something does happen, it's time for me to do it. So I posted on my story one night and I was like, would anybody buy these? And it was my muffins. And that day I had like 30 DMs and I was like, okay, here we go. It's, it's time for it's the muffin moment is ready. <laughs> I don't know. Like so many years, I was so many years people had told me, and then it just finally made sense. Oh my gosh. So when you posted that and you're getting like 30 DMs, were you like, 
Oh my God. Like, were you shocked? It was just this really weird thing. Like you've been doing something for so long and you've always had questions about, oh, would I sell these muffins one day? And people have told you to, and then you actually do it. And it's like, oh, okay, this could be a thing. So I think I was definitely shocked. And I was also like super excited because it was something I never really realized would happen. And then yeah. it's happening, you know? Right. <laughs> it's just so, okay. super crazy. You, you went, was it hard? Okay. So initially when you're starting this business and you're like, I don't even know, let's, let's figure this out. We're going to offer this. We're going to sell it. When you have these 30 direct messages coming in, like I want some, I want some, I'm sure. Was this like the most amount of muffins you've ever made before? Oh, for sure. I, I definitely at one time. And also like when you start a business, not realizing you're going to start a business, it's kind of just like, we got to figure every detail out. What's the packaging? <laughs> what are we going to say, you know, in a note when we give it to people or is our product ready? And, you know, I was baking so much during the pandemic that that was definitely when I felt really comfortable with my recipe and it was becoming really consistent. And I had been kind of doing some time in the winter at my best friend's mom's bakery restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I was in the kitchen for the first time. So she was really, or a professional kitchen. And she was um, giving me so many tips about how to, you know, refine your recipe. And the first time I ever really got comfortable and was like, you know what, my recipe is ready is when she told me I needed to convert a lot of my recipe to grams, which I'll explain grams. If you go from like a cup, a quarter cup, it's never going to be specific. So when you take your bananas and turn it into grams instead of just throwing like three bananas or four bananas into a, oh. you know, I was really able to make a consistent product over and over again. Once I figured out, you know, like the metrics and um, yeah. So anyways, the product was figured out and I can't even remember what the question was, but you no, know, that's so interesting. Cause that's something I would never think like three ba bananas are three bananas, but now baking, especially you have to be so, specific. It's not like cooking a dash here or a dash there or whatever. It's like, you have to really be specific. And like, that just blows my mind. I didn't even think about that. Like you have, to I didn't either. Yeah. So <laughs> that yeah. was a learning experience. Okay. So then you get these orders and then were you like, okay, how are we going to make this happen? Or did you just go back to that professional kitchen and just like make a crap ton of muffins? I definitely was like, you know, everything just starts now. And I didn't even think about it. I, I was just like, okay, X amount of people want this. We're going to play with X amount of muffins and see if that works for an order. And then, you know, it happened really organically. And it, I think it was the first time I really realized like, okay, this is what I meant to do because the right thing started to fall into place. Like it, nothing felt forced. Mm. So that was the first time in my life things were flowing. And that's kind of always a joke between me, my boyfriend and I, because I'm like, if it's not flowing, then it's not working. And so, right. and it makes sense. Cause I felt like a lot of the times in my life prior, I was kind of forcing things a lot. Oh, if this doesn't work out, something's not going to, I'm not going to be okay. Or, and for this, everything would flow. So if I had orders, I kind of just felt it was so natural to me of what to do. And it was mm -hmm. the first time I didn't have to fight to figure something out, you know? And so figuring out orders was pretty natural and just, the whole experience felt natural. It was, it was a crazy thing for me. It just felt very, it just felt like I was it, what I was meant to be doing. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But I think that's real. it's really cool to hear. And I think you're like, okay, so we're going to see if anybody wants, wants these. And then we're going to go from there. I think sometimes if you're like, we, there's something that's called, um, 
paralysis by analysis. I don't know if you've heard this term or anybody, any listeners, but it's basically you become, become paralyzed because you overanalyze everything and you can't come to a solution. So it's like, okay, I want to start, um, this business, but you're so caught up in the name of the business that you're like, I don't know the name. I don't know the name. I can't find the name. Will this work? Will that work? And then Mm -hmm. you analyze just an example here. You overanalyze the name of your business that you come to a point where you're like, okay, I can't figure this out. So I'm not even going to make a decision, but it's, it's, um, paralysis by analysis. But I think that's so going back to what you said, it's like, you didn't give your time to yourself time to overthink. You're like, okay, this is going to happen. And then we're going to make decisions. I think that's, that's sometimes that's the best way to go. Be like, okay, let's, you know, throw it at the wall. We'll see what sticks and what doesn't we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And I mean, I'm definitely pretty over analytical. Sometimes I'm a Virgo myself. I don't, I don't know if you're into horoscope stuff, but it's a very analytical sign. So there are times where I can, you know, over obsess over something, but I think, as I was saying, this just flowed for me. And so the name came naturally, like orders were a natural process of making them and then selling them. Obviously there's been so much to learn. I mean, it's been the most exciting process because you have to shift and pivot and change pretty much every day in order to, you know, um, do, do the new changes that happen with your business. But I think just the process of getting into it did happen pretty naturally for me. Um, but it was all very exciting during it. And so if anything was stressful, it it was exciting. You know what I mean? And that's kind of still how it is. If things stress me out, I'm like, you know what? I'm just grateful to be doing this. It's something that I really love. And I like, there's nothing that gets me happier than like giving other people these muffins. Like I'm not even kidding. It doesn't matter the circumstance. Like it's just something that genuinely brings me joy and it's my work. And it just, I I can't even believe that I get to do, you know, that as one in the same. So, yeah, yeah. I want to commend you for that because at the event you were like, talking about the product, you could tell you were excited about the product. You weren't just like some, this is something I created. Like, you know, I don't know, science fair, like this is my science project. No, you're like, this is, you know, and you were willing to talk and wanted to talk to people. I thought that was so great going back to, yeah, you're welcome. Going back to your, the name came naturally to, okay. So muffin drop, how did that come to be? Yeah. So it's so funny because I was doing the Charleston city market downtown for a while and my tablecloth says the muffin drop on it. So my favorite thing was everybody would walk by and everybody would have like a different interpretation of what that meant. But when it started, it was really just a super intuitive thing. Like I was dropping muffins. So I would release on my story, um, would like, here's the drop. And so I would outline how many muffins came per order, what the flavor was, when they could pick up. And that was the drop. And so I was like, okay, I'm dropping muffins. So it's the the muffin drop. And that was what it, it was. But now my muffins are little drops. So I call them muffin drops. So it all worked in the end. Um, and I still release my orders and my muffins in drops. So it's really, it's the muffin drop because <laughs> we're dropping. Well, muffins. That's what I thought because I was like, so they're mini, but you call it, it's like, that's what I thought, like a drop of muffins now. Okay. How did you come up with these, these drops of muffins or mini muffins? Like, I think that's genius because they're so easy to just like pop in your mouth and like have a snack. And then especially at the, like that event we were at, it's like, you don't want to eat this whole honking muffin in front of like everybody or whatever. You can just like pop it into your mouth. So how did that 
why, how did you decide on making a smaller version of a muffin? Yeah, I definitely, it's, there's been so many years where people were like, so when's the big muffin going to come out? And I'm like, oh. it's never going to happen. Like, as in, <laughs> as in, not like people don't frequently say that, but as in it's obviously come up. But for me, I've always just loved the convenience factor of a smaller product. Like just as you're saying, you don't want to be like scarfing down a huge muffin at an event. Uh, for me, it's like nice for a snack on the go. I feel like people nowadays are moving so quickly and they've got quick, fast lifestyles. So for me, it just makes sense. It's a product for the time that we're in. And I like snacking. I'm a big snack person, especially being vegan and gluten-free. Like it's a, it's a lifestyle and diet that you kind of always have to be just having little snacks here and there to keep up with your digestion and everything. So for me, it was just a really natural product to make small. I don't know. I never wanted it to be larger because of, of convenience. And I think it's fun to have something small. I feel like there's a psychological thing where you're like, you know what, I'll just have a few and you feel better about yourself. I don't know. (laughs) I just really like the the mini aspect to it. Yeah. And and I feel like it's like, okay, like I have a sweet tooth and I want to satisfy the sweet tooth. You're like, but I don't necessarily want the whole thing, but it's like going back to the diet culture, like, oh, I totally just sneezed. I couldn't hold that. (laughs) Thank you. I couldn't hold that one back. Um, like you, you're like, I don't want to eat the whole thing. And it's like, okay, well that satisfied my sweet tooth. And I really am not hungry for the whole thing. I just wanted, you know, a couple bites and, you know, to, um, help with that craving. So I think that is, yeah, that's a really interesting, um, point that you made. So I love that. Okay. So what now we're going to kind of get into, um, well, I have some like kind of more fun questions like, Oh, give me the, the dirty on that. But, uh, how has that social media management, has that helped you with the, where you're at now in your business? Yeah. So I'm connecting to the charger. Sorry for the location switch up. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So pretty much social media has been the largest aspect to creating and, um, starting the whole business. Like if Instagram didn't exist, neither would the company. Um, and something that a lot of people don't know is that before I even had the name, the muffin drop, before I even had the Instagram, the muffin drop, I started the company through Emily Eld, my personal Instagram, Mm. because to me, it just made so much sense. You have already a built out following. Why would I make an Instagram when I've got zero followers off of that? So I really kind of, you know, I, I asked my friends and family, I was like, are you interested in this product? And it happened that a lot of them already knew about it, but really were interested. And then their friends became interested. So I, I built the following before I even had an account um, through my personal Instagram, which I, I was very surprised how, how well that worked because it's not like I have a huge following or anything, but I think in general in life, I keep my friends pretty close and like the people who were following me were interested. Right. So Instagram was absolutely is absolutely major. And I love people and I love community and I love networking. And I think a major thing was me constantly talking to people through DM and, you know, taking orders through DM. So, you know, Instagram, I love you out here. You've really (laughs) helped me fully start a business. And literally up until this past week, I was doing everything through Instagram. And now we finally have the website, which that's an amazing, amazing vehicle for, you know, transitioning. Um, but yeah, social media has been absolutely epic and yeah. then people, sorry to keep going, but to piggyback the reason it, um, the reason the muffin drop really started was because 
Instagram stories. So I think people like something that kind of can be a little trendy. So I would wrap these boxes super cute. And back when I started, I had just graduated college. So I knew a lot of people here still. And it kind of just took off in College of Charleston that everybody would order and then post on their story. So through stories, it was an organic growth, you know, and it would get like one person could Instagram and I could get five DMs after that. So, or it could be like 10 DMs or it could be 20, you know what I mean? So Instagram definitely has been the biggest vehicle for all of the growth, I would say, for majority like it, I feel like social media is a double-edged sword and like, oh my gosh, the algorithm. And then on the other side, it's like, that's how I do so much of my business is through yeah. Instagram. And that's how I do a lot of my, my, my sales and got a lot of my, I think it's through all social media. I've gotten all my um, coaching clients and it's so true. And we get hung up on, I love that you said that you're like, I started my business. I started with social media. I started with stories and then you just got a website. Sometimes we think we have to have, oh, you know, the business cards right away or the website right away. And it's really like, no, you can start where you're at with what you have. We were talking about this in the very beginning. Like I started this podcast in my closet. I had to commit to myself on my phone, you know, on my, on my memory, uh, my voice notes. And it's like, just start, don't overthink it, just start. And then, and then when you get to a point where you want to grow, then get what you need or, you know, like with the website and everything. So I love that, that you said that. I think that's great. And also I really, I had the website for a long time, like not live. So I had designed it and I you know, had it there, but for me, I just felt like I, I needed to have that continuous, um, personal conversation with the following or people who wanted to order. It was, it was really something that I felt like I needed to DM with people. I needed to be in constant conversation in order for people to really care, you know, because I care so much and I I care about people and I care about the product. So I really loved talking with people so much via DM and like, you know, just constantly being in that conversation. And it was really a necessary part for the growth that when I finally felt like I was ready for the website at that point, I felt like there was enough knowledge of what I was doing that it was comfortable to have a, an outlet that people could just go on and then order. But up until that point, I really felt like the dialogue was really necessary via social. So true. There's such connection in being able to like message it message. And then you said you started like on your personal page, like they know who Emily is the story behind the muffin drop. And I feel like there's such connection that could be created that way as well. Yeah. Um, What, okay. So just a couple more questions here. What are some of your business goals that you have right now? Yeah, I've got a lot. So it's so funny. Like the new year came and I was trying to not be like, okay, now the new year's here. So you have to have all of these goals. And then in that process, I got stressed that I was like, (laughs) not going whatever. And then obviously things started to flow once I started, stopped overthinking of everything. Um, and some goals came. So I think that really, really like I would love to be a retail good. So I think in whatever the five year, I don't, I'm not a big planner. Once again, I flow with things and Mm -hmm. it's the only way I know how, um, but really I would like to be a retail good. So in whatever the way that manifests. And I think that I have a lot of really really cool ideas that will hopefully come to fruition in the next few months um, in order to scale the business. And so 
we're kind of really at an initial stage right now in our conversation, but I just feel very excited and confident in a product that I have and really would like to grow it and see it not only in Charleston, but in other, in other places around the U S. So yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you if you wanted, if you were thinking about going mainstream and having big um, businesses like Costco or Amazon or um, Whole Foods, is there any specific place you're like, Oh my gosh, that would be a dream. Oh my gosh. Well, really, I feel like gourmet food stores in general are like something that I've always one been obsessed with just like as a passion. Like I've loved exploring all of the small brands because especially in, or not necessarily even small, they can be huge brands, but in gourmet food stores to even places like Whole Foods, they have so much vegan and gluten-free stuff. So I think creating a network in that realm, that would be amazing. But you know, Whole Foods is always a dream. Like how could it not be? That has been the Mecca for so much of my health related process of finding, you know, really genuine and um, well-made products. So if that could happen in, in this lifetime, we would be absolutely obsessed. Yeah. We're manifesting here, baby. We're manifesting. I we're love manifesting. it. Dream big. It's like no cap, like dream yeah. big. I love absolutely. that. So are you, okay. So you're in the Charleston area. Are you at the point where you're shipping yet? So we, we do ship, but we mainly do a local sort of ordering. So really okay. I've been focused on the community a ton, um, mm-hmm. family and friends, like honestly, so many people do request, but I'm only one person, you know, so I, I can only handle so much at one time. And, you know, I really push it to the farthest extent that I, I really can, but we focus mainly on local, but I think this year will totally turn into a major shipping aspect of the company. Um, and yeah, it'll be a huge part of growth in order to get it out to other places. Um, that will definitely be another avenue and there'll be local and hopefully maybe we have the team expanded. So yeah, everything is kind of we're just building day by day, you know, <laughs> day by day, one step at a time. Cause I know there are listeners like, Oh, I need to get my hands on these, these muffins. Yes, you do. And it's coming. It's just follow. That's, that's what I'll finish the, um, the interview with. You'll get to share your social media and everything, but a um, couple more questions real quick. What is the worst thing about being a business owner? Like, or what has been the hardest part right now? Honestly, I feel like the worst, I guess the worst is like that it can sound negative, but for me, I think the hardest part is the fact that it is constant. So every single second, but it's also so part of the excitement. Like I'm once again, somebody who's quite obsessive with things that I'm passionate about. So it, you know, it really comes naturally, but there's obviously such a demand every single day that you've got to keep up with, but it's all, it's, you know, it's really an exploration of and I've really been thinking about this lately. It's a really big exploration on like personal development. Right. Like I've learned so much about myself and you wouldn't even expect that because it's business oriented, but it's also so people oriented and so much of your energy and your ability in order to do it. So I think just the fact that like every single second, you know, you mm-hmm. got to be figuring out different pieces. But once again, it ties into how exciting the whole process is and like, I would never want to be doing anything else, you know? Right. So it's difficult as hell, but yeah. it's also like the most exciting. So right. they really are tied completely yeah. hand in hand. 
Yeah, it is true. It's not like when you have your own business, it's not like, oh, okay, nine to five and I'm clocking out and, you know, I'm going to answer my emails tomorrow. Once I'm back at my desk, it's like, no, it's kind of like, you know, whenever you can, and especially building a business and, um, trying to make it profitable and all of that, you're like, okay, you feel that constant need like to be doing something. So it's a double edged sword of like, I want to grow, but then also there is so much beauty in what were you were saying is like, okay, just letting it flow, just letting it flow. You yeah. know, it doesn't have to necessarily be done today. Tomorrow's a new day. And, um, so what is the best thing about being a business owner? completely ties into the worst thing. You know what I mean? Like the best, <laughs> I really think all of the attributes of it are completely almost one in the same because it's the fact that you can make your own schedule. It's the fact that you can make all the rules, you know, like it's your rule book and it, and it ties into the previous question. It, since it's your rule book, everything falls on you, you know, but I think all of that is the best part because I'm somebody who is pretty naturally self-motivated because I was saying how much I, I love the product. So it's really something that I love doing every second, every day. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think I just love having the business and all of the parts together, whether it's challenging, whether I'm freaking the hell out or whether right. I'm like so excited, you know, it just goes back to anytime I can get the muffins to somebody, it brings me joy. And it doesn't matter if I have to go through hell to get there like any yeah. day, you know, it's still going to bring, bring me light at the end of the day. So I think that the best part are all the parts, all <laughs> even the if it's hard. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah, it's true. Um, I don't know if you've ever, do you watch The Office? Oh, I love The Office. Oh my gosh. Michael Scott, I think it was at a job interview and they're like, well, what, what is your, your downfall? Like what, what are some things you need to work on? He's like, well, I love people too much. I work too hard. <laughs> they're like, that's actually positive, Michael. But, but it, it's, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. Yeah. With the business. I mean, it is that that's a, a true answer. It's like, okay, you know, there there's good that comes with the bad too. Um, so before we're going to, we're going to do a giveaway here, but before we do that, where can people find you? Give us their, your social media, give us your website, all the things. Cool. So website is live. It's www.themuffindrop.com. Instagram, it's at the muffin drop. And then if you go on Facebook, you can just type in the muffin drop. I'm there as well. Um, and yeah, so pretty much consistently or no, it is consistent across all of the URLs, et cetera. It's the muffin drop. So the just muffin drop. I love that. That's awesome. Okay. So we are going to do a giveaway. So you are giving your, your classic, tell us, tell us about your classic flavor. Yes. So, um, that is the initial flavor, which we, we started with. So that's, that was the thing that started everything before there were other flavors. It's banana chocolate chip. Um, it's made up of the major ingredients, which are almond flour, coconut flour. Um, there's some flaxseed in there sweetened with really good things like coconut sugar and, um, dairy-free chocolate chips. So really like nourishing ingredients, uh, that's kind of really the mission of everything. So plant-based, um, so it's really good for you as well as being just super delicious. So yeah, you'll get the initial classic flavor, which will kind of always be our, um, main 
our main, main person. What's yeah. the, what's, what's the thing I'm trying to say? It's our main, main product. <laughs> product. Yeah. That was like your, your heart and soul. That's what you began with. I love that. So what you're yeah. going to do is you're going to take a screenshot of this episode and you're going to tag at the muffin drop and myself at Lauren period Kubot on Instagram. All that stuff is in the show notes. And if you're like, where are the show notes? Like if you, you scroll up on wherever you're listening, there's like this down, there should be like this down area, uh, airy area arrow. <laughs> and you're going to hit that. And, um, all the show notes are there, but if you forget, it's at the muffin drop and Lauren period Kubot. So you're going to screenshot tag us, just tell us what you loved about the episode or, um, what you're looking forward to, what product you're looking forward to seeing again, seeing with the muffin drop, but we're going to start there. Simply screenshot the episode, tag the muffin drop and myself, just share it on uh, social media and we will pick one winner. So this episode drops, I, I work quick. So Wednesday is the 19th. Wow. Yeah. So we will run this until, Let's do the 24th, January 24th. So if you're listening from January 19th, 2022 to January 24th, 2022, take a screenshot, tag us, and you can win a dozen of the delicious banana chocolate chip, um, mini, mini muffins, mini drops. I would keep wanting to call them mini, mini muffins, but they're muffin drops. drops. <laughs> muffin um, drops. Muffin drops. drops. There we yeah, go. Getting, it's currently getting trademarked. So hopefully we get Ooh. muffin drops and yeah, well, that will be our product, you know? That's so exciting. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Emily, for sharing your story with us. Thanks so much for having me. This was so fun. I hope you have like an awesome podcast from this. <laughs> yes, we will. We will. Even with like the sneezing and my husband coughing and <laughs> hey, we love it. all the things that's real life. Right guys. <laughs> so remember <laughs> to uh, screenshot this episode, tag us and you got this. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, make sure you are subscribed so you know when more episodes come available. My goal is to inspire others to become their vision, and one way to get the word out is with reviews. I would really appreciate it if you left an honest review on iTunes, and it would mean so much to me. Thanks again, and remember to go after the life you want. Bye, guys. Bye.